Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is Wander Home. How are you, my darling? I'm very excited, actually, to play this game. The book is gorgeous. Yeah, I've been so excited for so long to get this game and to play it. I played a game with some friends a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yes, we have to get this on Heart Points. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a little tricksy for me um, as somebody who's like very into the GM role. Mm-hmm. And like, so one of the things that I, sorry, we shouldn't get too deep into well, we it. We can go a little deep into it. So it's a GMless game. So it can be GMless. It can be GM'd. It mm-hmm. can be solo. Uh, it, it has a lot of different methods for playing. So we should say right off the bat, Wander Home is a belonging outside belonging or a no dice, no masters game. There's a distinction between what those two terms mean. I'm not entirely certain what it is, but it is based on the Dream Apart, Dream Askew system by Avery Alder. And Wander Home is a game by Jay Dragon, published by Opossum Creek Games. And it's a game about wandering animal folk traveling through a beautiful land where there is no violence called the Heath. And um, it is a gorgeous book. It's a beautiful game. And one of the things that I really like about it is that the rules are very explicit in embracing quiet, embracing collaborative nature, and like also like handing off details, sharing details, if somebody doesn't have anything to contribute, being okay with that. And it is a much more chill role-playing experience that I am still like trying to practice, right? Because as somebody who's GM'd for a long time and is primarily GM'd, not been like a player, I feel the need to like constantly keep the story moving, constantly be filling in the silence. And this is very much a game that's like, it's okay. There's not conflict. The story is... Well, there is conflict, but it's not, like, nonstop, like... It's not, like, battle after battle after battle after battle. Yeah. I think about Segaranza, which was... Battle after battle. Battle after battle after battle. Like, 20 battles over the course of five days. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, we might just travel across a hill for a session, and that's okay. I don't know how to do that, so this is going to be fun. I say fun. Um, Hopefully, it's not boring for you guys. So I don't think it will be. I, I had a blast the first time I played it. And it's it's you know, it's very different than my usual roleplay style, but I really loved it and I think we're gonna have a good time. I'm really excited. Yay, me too. Where should we start? Probably with character creation. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your character first? Well, why don't you so you were going to tell us a little bit about uh, the setting. It's already done. We already talked about it. No, I didn't I talked a little bit about the game. I didn't talk about the setting of it, the game. We did. Okay. Um so Wanderhome takes place in the land of Heath. And Heath is a beautiful and boundless land full of life and soul. I'm reading this directly from the book. It's very pretty. Heath is a land of animal folk. So You are an animal and not a person, which is fun. It's always fun to do. It's full of buggy livestock, pets, and wild creatures from herds of chubby bumbles to stag beetles the size of houses. So it's very reminiscent for me of something like Mouse Guard. Yeah. Like that kind of world. 
The Heath boasts a widespread culture of hospitality. When a traveler arrives in a new town, they will always be able to find some sort of lodging, which is great for me because I don't like paying for where I sleep. (laughs) But something that's different for this game than other games that we've played is that the Heath is – the people that we'll be meeting in the Heath are fundamentally good, which is something I'm 100% going to struggle with. I always expect people to be terrible people. So – or – you know, out to get me and making and my, my game play harder. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. The people are fundamentally good for the most part. And the Heathland was recently caught in war, but is no longer. So there's no violence here anymore. But everybody's got trauma. Welcome to the future of role-playing <laughs> games, where everybody's got trauma. I love it. It makes me so happy. It's like exactly what I want. So yeah, the Heath is this beautiful land. It's populated by animal folk, and it also has uh, it's covered in tiny gods. Um, is something that isn't really covered in that kind of introduction. Uh, there are tiny gods throughout the Heath that are magical, that engage with people in a way that really reminded me a lot of Blood Gold and Soul and the Pega of Soul. Mm-hmm. They're just these tiny gods, these sometimes small, sometimes big gods that you know are very personable. Are, are very you have personal relationships with these gods. Um, but a lot of the gods in Wanderhome have been forgotten and are kind of desiring connection. So we are going to be playing this GMless. Um, I don't know how many sessions we're going to play. Probably not too many. But we're going to do this is going to be a kind of our character creation. I don't know. We're going to see how far we go. But we're going to be playing GMless. So we're each making a character. And yeah. we're going to explore the land of Heath together. So who should go first? Well, I already said you. So okay, obviously you. Okay. Because I already said you. I am playing the Vagabond. The Vagabond says, The world has taken everything from you, beat down on your shoulders and giving you an aching heart. Some people think you're a criminal or a monster. You know what you are. You are alive. Your care is invisible, cautious, and unimaginably deep. So I am playing a Vagabond who is an Egyptian mongoose. So contrary to the name, the Egyptian mongoose is, in our world, the Egyptian mongoose is natively found all throughout the Mediterranean coast uh, from Lebanon to Portugal. Ah. And it is uh, kind of a big weasel-like creature. It has golden fur with black stripes, and it has long hair along its sides. So it kind of looks like it's like draped in this golden cloak it kind of has like a severe weaselly face and just kind of like a sneaky looking animal so choose two that you call yourself i call myself a thief and a cheat i wear those badges proudly and i will accept those titles titles i will not accept are a monster or a traitor i am neither of those things I carry on me at all times a pack of smokes and a deck of cards. I wear fingerless gloves and I have a long black cloak that covers my shoulders. I have been falsely accused of betraying my kingdom and killing a prison warden. Mm -hmm. I did not do these things. That's why you don't like being called those things. I don't like being called a traitor. I am not a traitor. I did not betray my kingdom. And I am not a murderer. I did not kill the prison warden. He died suspiciously suspiciously but it wasn't me (laughs) uh two things i will admit that i well i don't know if i'll admit them but i did do them uh is draft dodging and stealing supplies Mm, those are like minor crimes compared to murder and traitor 
treachery. Yes. Well, I was stealing supplies from the war effort. Still. <laughs> Still. But I insist I am not a traitor. All right. And my name is Nunu. Oh, <laughs> oh that's why you wouldn't tell me what your name was before. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> And it will never be used for a human ever in my life for me personally. There are lots of great Nunus out there in the world, but I can't name a human person that name. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Good job. Yep. Good job. Thanks. That's a good character. That's Thanks. a good name. Good job. Uh, mine is not nearly as exciting. Or oh, are you done? Sorry. Oh, uh, just uh, two last things. Uh, one thing that I carry with me is a secret I'm not supposed to have about the king of the floating mountain. And one thing that was stolen from me was a pink orchid, a symbol of my time in the rebellion uh, that was in a small wooden chest. And uh, it was taken from me when I was imprisoned uh, before I was able to escape. Should I go? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I am the firelight, which sounds so badass. I personally think it sounds so badass. It is easy to get lost in the darkness and in the deep. The firefly at your side will always guide the way. You are alive. Your care is forward-thinking, mutual, and shining bright. So my name is Iza Sen. Iza Sen. Call me Iza. Okay. Um, I go by she, her. And I am a red panda. <laughs> and I tried to find a name that like fit where red pandas were, but wasn't extremely. Didn't feel appropriate. Yeah. So I was struggling with that because one, I didn't know what kind of like world we were going to be in. Mm -hmm. And two, I don't want to butcher someone's actual name. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. So I went with Iza, which is Arabic and Sen. It's all over the place. This is not a real person. I just want, these are real names, but not a real person. Okay. I just want to be really clear. Okay, but I'm a red panda. I love red pandas. Giant pandas are my favorite. Red pandas are second favorite. They're so cute. I just look like a raccoon, a red raccoon. I'm a little bit bigger and adorable. I fucking love it. It's so cute. Yeah. So I always try to be a good judge of character, and I always try to be enough. And I focused on the fact that it was try to be, because I can't promise that I will do either of these things well, but I am going to try to be a good judge of character and enough i am terrible at and i know i will never be able to do these things i know i can't be everywhere at once and i know that i can't be endlessly patient because mm. i can't okay do that diana can't and neither can isa mm -hmm. um so my look i have a box of medical supplies a small practical knife a reliable wooden staff and warm and comfy gloves. Just like a traveler who's yeah. got some stuff. I always keep... So I have one thing that I always keep lit with me. And it is a wisp. A small and forgotten many-faced god that is in love with my firefly. Ooh. So I always keep that with me and alive, I guess. Because a wisp, if it dies, goes out. Right? Because it says lit. It says that I keep something lit. Oh, yeah, yeah So, yeah. like, I keep this wisp alive. Mm -hmm. um, and choose one thing that you won't let go of, even though the lights died out. 
I keep a pack of smokes that reminds me of sitting on the porch with my poetic love. So that love is dead. Like I'm not the person, like the The love, love the emotion is dead. But the memories are still nice. So I keep that pack of smokes with me to remind me of the memories, even though those feelings are gone. My poetic love. Does Issa, are Issa's feelings dead or are the poetic love's feelings dead? Issa's feelings are dead. Okay. Yeah. My firefly, her name is Lou. Lou? Hold on. I based it on Lua. It's Lou. Okay. Yeah. It's L-U. Lou. Okay. Right? How did you say it before? Lou. Yeah, Lou. Okay. Listen, I'm having a... I I was speaking Portuguese yesterday terribly, and then I started speaking English terribly, and now I'm trying to speak not in a terrible way another language terribly. So I'm just trying to be kind to myself right now. Um, So Lou, my firefly's name is Lou, and Lou is... And she goes by she, her. Lou is luminescent, watchful, resolute, caring and honest and Lou is all of these things because we grew up together Lou has been a firefly in my family for a long time Um, but my uncle gave me Lou as a service bug so that I could always have light on my journey and I'm going on this journey because I kind of became like a restless late teen early 20s person just kind of like didn't know what to do with my life was feeling pointless Uh, directionless i was Mm. feeling directionless and so i'm kind of going on this journey for self-growth and just kind of that's what it started off as anyway it's just a journey of self-growth which is why i kept the pack of smokes for my love which is why that love kind of died like i just didn't really know where i was going with life i was i was directionless and so this is kind of a it's a a journey cool yeah so the last thing that we do with uh, character creation is uh, in the full group we would ask one to the left and one to the right. I think we'll just ask two questions of each person yeah. to uh, to build up uh, our relationships to one another. Now I need to find my questions. Do you have yours? I do. I'm ready to go. Okay. Do you want me to ask? Yes. Alright. I'm going to start with the easy one. Why does my firefly like you so much? Ooh. Sorry, what are your pronouns? Uh, he, him. Okay. I did realize that I forgot to say that. Uh, okay. Yes, Nunu uses he, him pronouns. What a good question. I think it's something that Nunu does not have control over and might maybe not resent. But um, I'm thinking of a friend of ours who hates dogs, but dogs love him. Mm. And I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm Trying to think of like what what would attract Lou to Nunu that Nunu would just be like, please, please listen, yes, that's fine, that's mm-hmm. fine, just leave me alone, just leave me alone. I think Lou senses something in Nunu. I think Lou senses a. So the vagabond's care is invisible, cautious, and unimaginably deep, and I think Lou senses that okay. in Nunu that okay. Nunu has a rough exterior but is inwardly a really caring person. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be partially why Nunu doesn't like how much Lou likes him mm. because he's like, it's like a sign of the inside. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I was thinking that Isa felt the same way about your, about Nunu mm-hmm. because she's a good judge of character or she Ooh. tries to be a good judge of character. Yeah. So why would I be spending time with a vagabond like a thief unless they were actually a good person? Yeah. So that's good. I like that. So my first question to you is, how did we get off on the wrong foot? You're a thief. 
I feel like that's how we met is either you were stealing something from me or I saw you stealing something or, you know, you were doing something nefarious-ish and I try to be a good judge of character. So I see someone doing something wrong. I'm not going to like think you're a good person right off the bat, right? I have to get to know you. So I think we got off on the wrong foot because our first interaction was you being a thief. So like stealing from someone else. Yes. You, you, or you, or from me. I don't, I'm not sure. I like the idea of you seeing me steal from someone else, like yeah. in a market or something, and yeah. you tracking me down. Yeah. And like harassing me over it. And then yeah. we just kind of, because Lou likes Nunu so much, we kind of get stuck together and in our, we're, oh, you're, you're going this way? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going this way too. Yeah. I, I totally see that. Yeah. Just kind of like a ridiculous meet cute, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Then do you have your second question? Uh, do you have yours? No. Okay. Well, we can also only start with one. No, I want... We, w- we want two? I, I have some really good ones. I'm just... I'm in between two. I kind of want to... I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. I, I These questions are all really good. They're really evocative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like stuck between two. All right. I have an option for us. Okay. What if... Since we're both stuck between two, what if we just present both and then the other person just answers one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So my two are, what do I still have to do to earn your trust? Or how have you helped me when no one else would? Well, let me ask you a question. Have we been traveling long? Uh, Yeah, I think we've been together for at least a couple weeks. Okay. Like two or three weeks at least. How did I help you when no one else would? Mm-hmm. I think someone accused you of something. I don't think it's the big ones. I don't think it's murder or, tre- or, or treason. But someone accused you of something that you didn't do. And we were like in a small like hamlet village sort of deal. Um, and everyone was against you and wanted wanted you out and like wanted to put you in prison and stuff. And it was really – it was early days. It was early days for us. But I'd seen how much Lou liked you and I'd gotten to know you a little bit. I was still a little cautious, but I'd gotten to know you a little bit. And I – defended you in the town and hamlet and then i helped that you escape we like left i love that can i build on that a yes little bit? please so here uh what if somebody wanted to turn me in because they found out maybe i didn't tell you that i was wanted for murder yeah and somebody told you that and they wanted to turn me in and you decided to help me instead based on like we'd only been traveling together for like two three days yeah and you were like i don't believe he would have done this helped Nunu escape. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Cool. I like that. I love that. So what are your two? So my two are, when did you lead me back into the light? And what did I show you that you didn't want to see? I'm kind of leaning towards the first one because right, I was right now our relationship is like very much you helping Nunu and mm-hmm. I want to see Nunu helping Issa mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that first one was... Uh, when did I help you? When did you lead me back into the light? Lead you back into the light. Um, I think you were having a problem. I mean, I, so I want to take this very metaphorically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Issa doesn't really seem like she's dealing with a lot of internal darkness. No. I mean, I started this journey because I was lost. Yeah. Like in my world. I didn't know where or what I wanted or needed to do. So I think there's a lot of like, so personally, when you started answering that question, I imagined that like she was having like a panic attack or a big like depressive episode or something. I'm I'm kind of, so my first thought was depression Mm -hmm. or depressive episode. Now I'm kind of leaning more towards like 
fear, like mm-hmm. qu- like questioning whether or not you're doing the right thing. Right? Yeah. Because you left behind your Everything. family, you yeah. left behind your love, you left behind all these things. And I think maybe one night we were talking about about our lives, you know, as much as we're willing to share with one another. And you kind of started getting like really scared that you did the wrong thing, mm-hmm. that, that you like, that you shouldn't have gone on this path that you shouldn't have left everything behind and that you made a mistake and i think nunu was like was really reassuring that we all have to walk our own paths and we have to see what's out there and we have to make our own decisions and there's no use being there's no use fearing what we've done there's no use fearing what could have been because it's all about what is our next step from here it's all Mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other Mm mm-hmm and I think Nunu kind of like helped Issa feel that the context of what she was doing, yeah, and and calm down and be like, yes, you know, this is this is my life, this is what I'm exploring, and this is what I want to explore. Yeah, I like that. Can you see why I love this game so much? Yeah, <laughs> already. Is, yeah, this is really good. These questions, some of the questions I had were like, were very good. The other two were really good. Those were the the two I presented were the two of those I was the most curious about, but all four of mine were really good questions. Yeah, my all four of mine were really yeah. good as well. So the next thing that we need to do is decide what time of year it is. This is another thing I really like about Wander Home, is it has something called the Great Arc of the Year, where it has seasons and months. So and there's this beautiful uh like map of the seasons. So there's five seasons. There's Leap, which is the first season of the year. There's Bright. So Leap is kind of like early spring. Bright is late spring, early summer, analogous to. Breathe is sort of like the quiet times of summer, like the hot, quiet summer. Silt is when it's sort of like fall. And Chill is winter. Uh, Once again, those are Leap, Bright, Breathe, silt, and chill. And then each of those seasons have two months that that have like specific um, themes and kind of, I, I believe they also come with their own moves as well. Mm-hmm. So we can use those moves the same way we would use a kith. Um, so we can pick them up and, and describe our surroundings using the traits of those months. So do any of those seasons speak to you in any way i think typically for like a long game you're recommended to start in leap but right now we're like in real life we're kind of in uh like end of breathe start of silt so if we wanted to go those that's kind of where i was just because it's what's happening outside yeah do you want to go with breathe yeah so we're in the season of breathe and then breathe has two months the first is swarming which is the traditional mating season for many bugs and a time when the air is filled with music. Mm. And swarming is followed by gatling, the shortest month of the year, a month of cold nights but hot days. I don't have a preference. You want to do gatling? Sure. Gatling is the shortest month and brings breath to a close with hot days and cool evenings. So we're going to have some cues for gatling, uh, some world building that we're going to kind of build up. Um, but I think we should start with our first location, like where we are, and then we can figure out how that looks in the month of Gatling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. So why don't we take a short break 
And then when we get back, we'll build up where Nunu and Issa find themselves. Perfect. Hello, my darling. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. This is a really cute game. Like, so far, it's just I'm picturing a lot of, like, fall colors and pumpkin spice in the air. Like, it just feels like that kind of game. Yeah. Like... Not necessarily that, you know, you become a basic white girl in the fall, but like it just feels that way. <laughs> to me, it feels very energizing. It, the the tone of this game is very, I don't know, it feels good in the way to me that fall feels good. Like yeah. the reason that I love this game for the same reasons that I love autumn, that autumn is my favorite season because it is calm and it's quiet and it's introspective. You know, um, and it's a very, I don't know, it, it's a game that really knows what it is. And I, yeah, I really love it. Yeah, I'm digging it so far. How how have you been otherwise, my love? I mean, it's the start of the school year for me. And it'll be the start of the school year until June 6th. So it's terrible. It's terrible. Kids are the worst. No one likes children. I've never, this is how you know no one <laughs> likes children. I've never met a kindergarten teacher who enjoyed kindergartners. There I don't is a, think that's true. I've never met a kindergarten. I have met many kindergarten teachers. I've never met one that enjoys kindergartners. I Every single one of them enjoys teaching kindergartners mm-hmm. and teaching those fundamental skills. And like, you know, if you have a good kindergarten teacher, you're pretty much set for life. Seriously, seriously. Your kindergarten teacher is like a big deal. And these kindergarten teachers love what they do. But no one likes 15 to 30 five-year-olds who come up to you and just wipe their snot on you no one likes that no one enjoys that being their day Mm -hmm. and i have 300 five to ten year olds doing that so no i don't enjoy my days but i enjoy i I enjoy what i do like i enjoy my profession i know i complain Mm -hmm. about my job a lot but i do actually enjoy being a school counselor Mm -hmm. it is very much my jam exactly what i wanted to do my job is terrible Mm -hmm. my occupation is what i wanted to do my job is attendance meetings no one wants to do those that's why they gave them to school counselors no one wanted to do them i'm sorry so that's not fun and i don't like crying and i get so many criers so many criers but otherwise it's great Otherwise, it's phenomenal. I like how you... I think it's really funny because when we were looking over the character sheets, you were like, I want to do the firelight. They seem like a really... Like an emotional healer. Someone who's like really about... You know, they feel really empathic. I like how you were telling me how... Instagram's algorithm thinks that you are an empath witch. Because it's constantly giving you like empath witch stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you, you fit all of the... So I probably should be an empath witch, but I don't like people enough. Yeah, you fit all of the like notes of somebody who's very empathic. And you are very empathic, but also you hate people. They're the worst. <laughs> people are terrible. I have no problem with persons. Individual person. Individual person A crying in front of me. I'm so sorry. Use me as your tissue. It's fine. But when there's 300 individual persons, you're no longer persons. You're people and you're all terrible. You're all terrible. <laughs> And they don't like any of you. The worst. Absolute worst. I'm sorry. They all have issues. They all want to talk about their problems. I don't care about your problems. Your problems are not important. Oh You're God. five. You have no problems. Bubby pushed me. Actually, there. 
one of the problems that someone came to me once was this kid peed on me. That's a problem. We should talk about that. <laughs> they shouldn't be peeing on you. Let's talk about that. But other than that, you don't have problems, kids. That's not true at all. Lots of kids have problems. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the, the stories you've told me are... Uh, Lots of kids have problems. Yeah. But that's not fun to talk about. Yeah. fun of. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get real. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited to play Wander Home. We have some cool... T- I got out some cool tools yeah. for GMless play that I'm excited about. Obviously... So because this is a belonging outside belonging game, it uses a token economy. No, that's the no dice, no masters part. It uses a token economy. I don't know. I think belonging outside belonging refers to the themes and no dice, no masters refers to the mechanics. I think I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, this game uses a token economy. So we have these really beautiful glass beads to help us with GMing. I have uh, I have Trungle's Star Spinner Tarot, which I is a tarot deck that I use for all my games. It is a beautiful, diverse, and LGBTQ friendly and feminist uh, tarot deck. It is it is gorgeous. The artwork is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I use it for all my games. And the uh, I also got out the Fabulous Pocket Guild by Evelyn Moreau. Um, this is a all the illustrations are of people, but I got this off of. Um, drive through cards it's a little card deck and it's a great little like random deck of people i mean the deck itself is the so the cards are very small but it's a huge deck all these little people for like really quick npcs if we need ideas for like who we're gonna meet along the way i'm also planning on using this for some other games that we're gonna play eventually and some of the characters are interesting looking yeah it's it's really uh really interesting characters and that we could use for inspiration for you know the folk that we're going to be meeting along the way so i'm excited this is a this is a game that uh i think i don't know uses a lot of it doesn't use a lot of stuff but it is open to using a lot of stuff it's a very like to me it feels very physical feels like a very physical game to me I was just thinking this feels like a very creative game Mm -hmm. and i'm going to have a lot of trouble with that i don't do well with creativity I'm a very hard thinker. Well, we'll see how it goes. We watch a lot of Bluey. This is relevant. We watch a lot of Bluey. and <laughs> Any chance to bring up Bluey. Any chance. And in one episode, Bluey and Bingo, the children dogs, are playing I Spy. And the youngest one, Bingo, says, I spy something blue. And Bluey gets upset because she knows that it, her sister has spotted her. And that's 100% what I would do. I'd be like, uh, Blue, you're in front of me. I don't know. I can't think outside of this car in this moment. That's how I play role-playing games. I can't think outside of this table with the things in front of me. This is going to be rough. Well, that's why. There I- might be some more corgi butts. But like that just that was my like <laughs> best moment ever. And I think there just might be more of that. Well, you know, that's why we have lots of tools. The, the game has a lot of stuff to support you. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's interesting. Yeah. It will be on your end. Guaranteed. Guaranteed it'll be good on your end. I don't know. I don't know about that. Do we want to get back into the game? Oh, I guess. I have to like describe a thing now. That means I have to think about it in my head. I'm not good at that. Let's just do this. Let's just do it. It'll be okay. (laughs) So our first step is we need to decide on our first place where mm-hmm. our characters find themselves and the way you build a place is through three natures each place is made up of three natures so there are a lot of different natures available 
All right, so there's uh, a total of, what, six times three, 18? Mm -hmm. There's 18 natures to start with recommended for the first place. There's more natures further on, but for the first place, it recommends these first 18. So we could pick, we could roll, because we could use dice. Uh, We could also use the tarot deck to inform our decisions, or how do you want to do this? Well, why don't we each pick one, and then we'll do one random. Okay. And so we can use whatever method we prefer for chi- for picking our one. Okay. So do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick first? You pick first. Rude. Well, then I'll pick first. Okay. Bridge. Bridge? Yep. I read it. The word looked nice, so I picked it. I mean, bridge is a good word. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that. Bridge looks like a bridge to me. Um. All right. I'm picking monastery. Ooh. So natures can be literal or metaphorical. Mm-hmm. I think bridge and monastery work together nicely. So we have bridge, monastery, and we need one more. Let's pick a tarot card, I guess. All right, let's turn over a tarot card. This is the hermit. Um, there's a beautiful picture of a monk with a lantern. Maybe a tower for the hermit? Or... I like tower. I like tower, too, because this hermit's, like, holding a lantern, and there's, like, mountains. I like tower. You want to do tower? Yeah. All right, so this first location has three natures, a bridge, a monastery, and a tower. Uh, so we'll turn to the monastery nature, and I'm going to make a card for monastery nature. A monastery is a place where a community gathers to learn from the past and cultivate answers to the complicated questions of the world. This place can always describe the rhythm of daily life, show tensions caused by generational divides, and ask, are you willing to wait to get the answer you seek? You get a token if they're here to wait. Do not tell them the answer either way. Then we choose two aesthetic elements. So do you want to pick one and I'll pick one? I like a simple herb garden. Okay. And I'm going to choose uh, underground catacombs. Okay. Just so everyone knows, one of the options was a hermit's cottage and a hermit is the card that we just got. Oh, no. Okay, and I'm switching to her. No, no, college. you don't have to. You don't have to. No, you do not have to. I am. I'm just saying, I, I wanted to tell them about the... So I flipped over the tarot deck to put the hermit on the bottom, and a ta- the tower card was there. It was like it was a sign. We were supposed to pick what we picked. Yeah. The tower scares me, but not in the, not in the Star Spinner tarot, because this is my deck for only games, so no cards are scary. Um, and then we choose one folklore about this place. Well, I feel like I somehow changed your answer, and I did not mean to. So you pick the folklore. Oh no! I no! I think you were you were absolutely correct in that. I mean, I was literally just pointing it out. Yeah, but pointing it out, you were you were. I totally I missed the hermit's cottage, and it had to be the hermit's cottage. Like absolutely. But you pick the folklore. Uh, I'm gonna pick the janitor and the secret lessons. Ooh. So we have a uh, it's a monastery, a tower. A tower is a place that reaches so high up to the sky that it it feels like it scrapes against the clouds. This place can always describe something very small and far away, spread concern around structural stability, and make someone dizzy or disoriented and give them a token. Choose two aesthetic elements. Uh, do you want to pick one? So I'm not going to lie. There are two that are calling to me. Okay. Um, I I like the... The shining light warning of danger, mm-hmm. but I also like a grieving soul responsible for keeping everything in working order. Those are also the two that I want. So I guess those are the two we're doing. Okay. Yay! 
So we have a shining light warning others of danger. This is why we're married and play role-playing games. If you ever wonder, listener, how we get along, it's because our brains are the same. Sometimes. Well, and this perfectly goes along with the hermit card that we drew. I know. Right? And so th- this and is... And I feel like the characters that we've created and... And also, like, it fits into the monastery, right? So we have this hermit living in a cottage. There's this herb garden, and then there's this rising tower next to the hermit's cottage. And the hermit doesn't need to be the grieving soul, but I'm kind of leaning towards, like, there's... I mean, if they're a hermit, they're yeah. alone. They're lonely, right? Yeah. No, I kind of... I am digging it a lot. That's kind of where I am. And then we choose one folklore about this place. What's the folklore of the other one? Uh, the janitor and the secret lessons. I'm kind of looking at the observatory of the lightning dancers yeah. and thinking about your firefly. Mm-hmm. And if that's something that could maybe come in together. Maybe. So one of the options for my firefly was that my firefly was a lightning dancer. Mm. I didn't choose that option, but it was it was an option. You want to go with that? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. And then our last place is bridge, and that is a liminal nature. A bridge is a passage from one place to the next. This place can always describe the distance to the other side, push something off the edge, or offer someone an easier way, give someone a token if they don't take it. Then we choose two aesthetic elements. I like churning waters down below. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say a toll booth. So I'm not going to lie to you. When we put all these together, a bridge, a monastery, and a tower, I pictured like a lighthouse. Yeah. Like a, somehow like a monastery lighthouse. And I think this, that's kind of what we're painting here. Oh, yeah. And I really like it. And then we choose one folklore. I like the path carved by the giant king, but that's just me. Okay. Like if we're going lighthousey and like mythologically with the light dancers and stuff. Yeah. So we're coming across, so we come to this place. It is a rising tower and a... Question, it, is is the tower the toll booth? I don't, I'm not sure. So we have, we have this toll booth that we have to pay to cross this bridge. And this space is also a tower that warns of danger as well as a monastery where people come to reflect on the past. So this this place is is doing a lot of work kind of culturally, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably like away from civilization. I'm I'm picturing like some place that people go for like pilgrimage. Yes. Maybe. Yep. Or it's like either it, you either go there for pilgrimage or you go there because you need to utilize the bridge, right? And the toll booth kind of keeps the place running. There's this hermit that that runs it that takes care of it. Why why do you think people come to this place? So, both you and I studied abroad in I went to Ireland, you went to Scotland, but the British Isles. And there is like I don't know if you felt this, I think you did. But there's like this feeling when you went to old places there that it was like kind of sacred? Like the, like there's just so much history there that it was just kind of like, this is amazing. And I just kind of want to feel that feeling wash over me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of think this is. Like, I think this is the sort of place that feelings sort of wash over you. It can be calm feelings. It can be, you know, like past wars and bloodshed. It could be like violent feelings. It can be calm feelings, good feelings. Um, and with the waters, I think it's like a, I think a lot of people come for like 
perspective, I guess. Yeah. So what if the this deep this deep ravine that the bridge crosses was carved by a giant, or at least that's the the yeah, folk tale. Yeah, yeah. This deep ravine was carved by the giant king, and this space was built to cross over. And it's it like you said, it's ancient. It provides. I like this idea of this this whole space. So we have this tower that rises high into the sky, and then this ravine that dives deep into the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's this space of like you said perspective of like realizing how small you are mm-hmm. and, and where where you are this grieving hermit has taken up space there and i think um i think that's probably all we need right now for this location as as we're gonna come to it the last thing is like what does this place look like during gatling so we choose one that this place lacks and all others are present clear starry skies a constant breeze, cold, cold nights, and the smell you imagine home would smell like. All of them are present except for one. Except for one. So I'm kind of leaning towards the breeze or the nights. I feel like it needs to have the clear starry nights for Mm. that perspective. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of home, I think, is another reason why people, or not feeling of home, the the smell. Mm -hmm. I think that's like another reason why people come. Like, again, it's that perspective, but that, I don't know, that there's like a magical feeling when you get there. So I'm leaning towards the the breeze or the cold nights. Okay. I I say let's go with the cold, cold nights. It's Mm -hmm. lacking the cold, cold nights because I like the idea of this constant breeze especially like through the ravine, mm-hmm. this this wind, uh, this is a space of wind and of movement, mm-hmm. like constant movement. Mm-hmm. So, because there's all that water. Yeah. yeah. And I like the smell you imagine home would smell like. And I also like it could be a personal home or like a primordial home. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's lacking cold, cold nights, which means it's still warm here, which is like making me think of like breath, mm-hmm. you know? And then choose three to four signs of the month found in this place. So do you want to each choose two? Sure. You go first. I've been going first a lot. Okay. Oh, man. These are all really good. What about a festival for a secret and mysterious god? Get out of my head. Get out of it right now. (laughs) Get right out of my head. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think that is so appropriate for the space that we have created. Did you go to Stonehenge? No. Neither did I. But what we're describing... I feel like it's probably what Stonehenge feels like, like was or feels like, because didn't they use that for like, I know there's a lot of theories for what they thought they used it for, but like, I don't know, like magical and perspective and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm, the vibe I'm getting. I like the first few orange leaves. Okay. It's just a pretty picture, but it's also why I think the festival is happening. Oh, yeah. I think it's connected. I'm going to go with a beautiful golden moon. Mm-hmm. And then we can stop there, or if you want to pick another one. So bonfires is where my brain went, but I like the image of kids camping out in a, in tents. Ooh, interesting. More. Okay. Like going with this perspective thing, like I just think like this is a festival for a secret and mysterious god, but people aren't paying as much attention to the god, so it's kind of like a dying sort of festival, or there's just, you know, it's different. It's not the same as it once was, probably mm-hmm. not as lively, probably not as big in this place full of perspective. So you've got this like old tradition and then you've got kids being kids. And I just think that dichotomy or not dichotomy, but like the 
juxtaposition. I'm using big words that I don't understand. The like the nearness of them, I think, is interesting, and the contrast of them, I think, would be fun and interesting. Yeah, I like I like all of this a lot. So we are, you know, we're we're making our way along this. Uh, like I'm picturing Nunu and uh, Isa and Lou kind of traveling along this road. Do we know that we're coming to this bridge and tower before it like rises up out of wherever we're traveling from? Um, or like, are we going there intentionally or do we just kind of like stumble upon it? I kind of like the idea of stumbling upon it. But if there's a festival, we probably heard about it. Like we probably, so I wonder if we knew about it, but didn't, understand what we'd be seeing Mm. you know yeah i like i like the idea of like maybe we were in town and we heard about this this festival that was going on at this tower and i think we just kind of like decided let's go check it out we can we can go see you know what this is all about and and take the road take the bridge if we need to i guess that's a good question is the bridge actually functioning I think so. Okay. I think so. I think the bridge is functioning. I, I, you had mentioned that the toll is what keeps it all functioning, uh-huh. keeps it all together. And I think way back when, there wasn't a bridge. And this pilgrimage was a much bigger deal and much bigger ordeal. But with people and the war and stuff, they needed to build a bridge. And they campaigned to – like the – probably the hermit – and, you know, the townspeople and stuff probably campaigned to have the bridge close to that tower so that that money could – so that there would be benefit for that tower so that it could stay alive instead of being used for barracks or okay. – uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you think the tower came first? Like the I tower think the tower the- and the monastery were there first. Okay. And I think the bridge came later. As a funding for the mm-hmm. monastery. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's late summer. The nights are starting to get cold, uh, but the days are still hot. Leaves are starting to change their colors, and Nunu and Issa and Lou make their way to this this tower where a festival is being held for a secret and mysterious god. I guess. See, oh man, what I like about this game, and you know, I'm not entirely sure, you know, what the best way to play it is, because I have so many questions about this space, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we should leave the questions open for now until we start exploring the space, or if we want to talk Try. about it. And I yeah. think we'll we'll kind of do a little bit of both. So there's all these kids there, mm-hmm. but it's a secret and mysterious god. Here's what I think. Uh-huh. I think that no one will tell us what this festival is about or talk about why it's happening. Oh, interesting. Because it's a secret and mysterious guide to those who don't already know. Okay, so there's like, all right, interesting. It's like the game. Are, okay, good, interesting poll there. I approve. Thank you. Um, are, By the way, you all lost. Are the, I hate you. <laughs> I no longer approve. Are the kids' parents there? Or are they, are, is this like, is this like, a space where like everybody's coming together and oh my god you know what it is it's, so my weird terrible pull is do you remember relay for life did you do relay for life no oh my god but i but i my friends did so i like know it when i was in high school relay for life was very much an excuse to just hang out with your friends all night mm-hmm. like obviously it was for a good cause and we raised money for the good cause but we did it so that we could hang out with our friends all night because we were dumb teenagers and we didn't have like 
context for fucking tragedy and shit. So uh, I'm wondering if this is like the parents go to this space for this festival um, and it's like a celebration. It's also in some way, in some secret way that we don't know yet, a very serious space as Mm -hmm. well as a place for games. But also all the kids go along because this is a time when they're allowed to kind of hang out by themselves and camp out in tents and, and play games and be together while the parents are doing their own thing yes with around the tower yep okay oh i love it i love it i love it so what do you think about us stopping here and then we'll actually like start play proper next session yeah i guess so Does that sound good yeah i hope that you all enjoyed this uh it was a largely you know world building session but i think that's kind of a lot of what wander home is is like exploring the world together i hope that you enjoyed it i hope it wasn't too slow for you. Thank you for sticking around and please join us next episode when Nunu and Issa come to this monastery and explore what's going on there. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Wander Home was designed by Jay Dragon and published by Possum Creek Games. You can find more at possumcreekgames.itch.io. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer. Without him, this show would be terrible. So (laughs) thanks, Zach B. Uh, Wander Home is a game with a lot of quiet pauses, a lot of collaboration, and it would have been, yeah, there's, Zach B. had to cut a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewithaghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain it and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by patrons Wheeler and Harmony. Harmony is the small remembered god known as the elaborate light of the star whose shrine is funded with donations from the local city. Thank you so much for your support, Wheeler and Harmony. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one.